0: Now, for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world on HBO pay-per-view, ladies and gentlemen, from Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Hello sports fans and thank you for listening to the TTM Sports Show, the sports podcast that's by the fans, For the fans, where you can guarantee explosive debate, trending topics, big interviews and guests, and regular uploads. Proudly sponsored by Prestige Paving and Patios and Anstis Grounds and Gardens. So strap yourself in for the latest episode of the TTM Sports Show.
1: Welcome to episode 68 of the TTM Sports Show. I'm David Hancock and my name's James Harrison. Welcome to an episode of Boxing Monthly where we're going to talk about events that is going events that are going on in the boxing world after the dry January. How are
2: you doing, James? Um, yeah, very, very well, actually, David. Um, it's really good to be back doing a, another Boxing Monthly uh, podcast. Obviously, now, since uh, since you've been away over Christmas, uh, as you know, our, our TTM Sports Show has joined the Social Podcast Network, the UK's biggest sports social podcasting network. Um, it's great that we're on here, and obviously now we're going to bring a bit of boxing. Um, last night, great fight between uh, Chris Hupac Jr. and Liam Williams, yeah.
1: Did you, so what were your thoughts of the fight then? There's been a lot of talk about it this morning.
2: Yeah, uh, my thoughts were, I think um, I think Sky Sports, first of all, um, were extremely biased in their scoring uh, favour in Williams. Um, I thought Enzo Macronelli, and I'll call him out now. I think uh, you know him and Matt Macklin to turn around and say that, that Williams had five rounds in a row in those middle rounds is absolutely outrageous. Yes, he'd come back into the fight, but I really don't think that he'd won five in a row. I, I actually scored the fight. Uh, 115 to 109. And as you know, David, I was messaging you throughout with my personal updated scorecard. Um, And actually, the judges were unanimous in 116, 109, 116, 109 and 117, 109 as well. So, I think they've scored one round 10-9. But uh, I think Chris Eubank Jr. was a level above. I think he, um, going into round five, six, I think he took his foot off the gas. Uh, a lot of people uh, talking about Chris Eubank Jr. and saying, Oh, I don't like the showboat and I don't like it. Well, do you know what? Who's his trainer? It's Roy Jones Jr. What if Roy Jones Jr. doing his absolute prime? It's the exact same thing. I think he sells tickets. I think he's great. And I, and I think he was a level above Liam Williams. And I think he was shocked to the core um that that Ubank Jr. did exactly what he said he was gonna do, completely outclassed him and demonstrated that he's levels, levels and levels above.
1: Yeah, I um there was a lot of criticism about Chris Schubank that he could have probably finished early, but um through the recent reports so I've heard this morning that he's damaged his left hand. I don't know if you heard that. Uh, I haven't heard, heard that, that yet, before. but that would explain how he's damaged his left hand. And if you notice, after round four, he stopped using the left hand. Unbelievable. Uh, So they're saying that um, the showboating and all that was basically... A smokescreen. A smokescreen, yeah, to cover up for the hand issue. Yes. Um, But obviously no one knew straight away that that was going... I don't think it's fractured from what um, I heard. But literally straight after, there was a lot of Sky commentators... Um, people like Carl Froch that were saying, you know, he should have just finished it early, but Mm. obviously if he had a bad hand, then he was just tactically um, winning the fight.
2: I mean, how embarrassing, David, for, for Liam Williams. I mean, how embarrassing must that be, knowing that not only has he beat him in his backyard, dropped him three times, showboated the way he did, exposed him as a dirty fighter during the fight, and then only used his right hand for seven rounds. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean Liam Williams, the two times a lot of people a lot of people branded Chris Bank Junior. Oh, whenever he stepped up to fight quality, he's fallen short. Well, let's be honest, the first fight against you know, Billy Joe Saunders, let's be honest, he didn't do anything apart from pose for the first five or six rounds of that fight, if you remember those years ago, and when he put his foot to the to the to the you know, gas to the floor, he outworked him. I thought he was miles better and only just lost that fight. When you look at the George Groves fight, I think uh, he was technically beaten properly boxing. Although, he nearly knocked Groves out in the last round when Gro- Groves is, uh, started to wear down the tiredness got and Chris's, I think, famous engine... Uh, ...really took over and he, and he went to the forefront. George Grove starts to tire, then pops his shoulder and he nearly knocks him out. But let's be honest, this is a Chris Ubant Jr. that went to Turkey to fight Yildirim. And Yildirim at the time was a good fighter, highly regarded. He demolished him. He went over and did Arta Abraham as well and just completely outworked him and embarrassed him. And then he, got, he ended James De career. Um, he beat Gary Spike O'Sullivan convincingly. Uh, Gary Spike, if you're listening as a former guest on the show, I don't, don't you know, do many apologies, but but it's a fact. Uh, and then obviously the the Nick Blackwell fight chucked into there as well. I mean, whoever this guy's faced, Chris Eubank Junior. Um, I think that's okay. He definitely deserve deserves a world title shot. Yeah, I
1: think the the problem is with Chris Eubank Junior. Is I think. Um, If the title shot doesn't happen in the next couple of years, I think it'll never happen. He, I think the problem is, and there's been a lot of issues behind with his management,
0: Mm. his
1: training behind. And I think that has been, the. and I think there's been a lot of issues with promoters, um, for various different reasons. I don't want to get into that too much now, because obviously people probably know, um, issues, but I think that has held him back. And will he get a shot? I, I don't know. Triple G's still got to face someone and Canelo is off going to cruise away. So I, just... I think it
2: will be Triple G. And I think that uh, they had a back and forth on social media uh, about two or three days ago. I mean, in terms of promotions now, he's settled with uh, with with Cali, Sal, and who, again, allegedly, out the way in, uh, looked as if it was uh, three in the morning on a Friday night out. Um, he looks jacked, <laughs> literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, with his turtleneck on like and uh, a lot of people.
1: shirt, humanly known to man. Yeah,
2: his thigh is the size of my waist. But the reality is, uh, promotionally, he looks settled with Cali, and I think he should stay with him, actually. I think he's settled there, and he has been now for a couple of years with him. Uh, trainer, he's gone back to Roy Jones Jr. He's been living out there in America um he's been doing the bits and bobs with with Roy Jones and Roy Jones incidentally guys if you haven't heard the track yet go to his YouTube channel he's just released another song called You Must Have Forgot it's uh an unbelievable song that Roy Jones has released. It's really good and I I urge you to listen to that. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, Chris Bad Jr. definitely get that shot. Yes, there was early on in his career, there was so much confusion in that corner. There was a new trainer every fight. His dad was in there at one point. His dad's trainer was in there at one point. And at one point, they had the both of them in there. Eddie Hearn had a go at, tra- uh, at promoting him. Loads of different promoters have had a go. But Cali seems to be the one that's really settled him down. And in terms of going on uh, for Chris Eubank Jr., he goes onwards and upwards. But for Liam Williams, um, you know, I, I don't know where he goes from now.
1: Have you? Did you hear the rumours about Conor Ben and Chris Eubank? Yeah, I think they're rubbish. Rate?
2: Yeah, it's just not right. I, I don't think Conor Ben's big enough.
1: I don't know. It would be an interesting idea, but they would have to meet somewhere. And then who's going the to load up
2: overnight? Krishu Bank Jr. will load up to such an extent. It will just make it ridiculous. I mean, look at Golovkin and Kell Brook. And Kell has never been the same since, has he? No, he's
1: definitely
2: not. And I just don't want anything to happen to Conor Ben. Conor Ben should be focusing on hunting down Adrian Broner. Conor Ben should be focused about, you know, winning a world title at Welterweight. Or even like Welterweight or Welterweight, whatever he's campaigning at. Good fighter and I think is one of the hottest properties in British boxing Right now, Um, something else that I wanted to bring up on your boxing show, David, is um, if if, if, you know, with your permission, I want to talk about uh, the quote. I want to talk about Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall.
1: So you go for it. Uh,
2: For me, um, I think Clarissa Shields is first and most foremost. Eleven fights, undisputed in two different weight divisions. Double Olympic gold medalist. uh, Cracking boxer terrible finisher um I, I don't think that i saw the record at the beginning i was like it come up in like 11 victories two by way of knockout and i was like hey i looked i looked and i saw the little number two at the bottom of you know when it comes up with the tail of the tape and it's got the the boxer's resume in the corner of the screen is on those boxer sky sports shows you hear the lights dim and that music go you know and i saw the the record and i was like two knockouts Hold on, she's supposed to be the greatest woman of all time. You know, Katie Taylor has, has, has more knockouts than her. Uh, McCaskill has more knockouts than her. Serrano, both sisters, have more knockouts than her. Um, and I think that... I, I think Savannah, Savannah Marshall got it right last night in that heated exchange when she turned round and said, you know, people were walking out. It was embarrassing. It was boring. I I I think that was a bit harsh. But what I will say is I was... Underwhelmed. Let's put it that way. I, I had a few spouts, mm.
1: uh, a few Twitter, uh, a few arguments with Carissa Shields. You did. And the thing that you've got to remember, um, and I and I was a massive Savannah Marshall fan, and I still am obviously because she is obviously a British fighter. Yeah. But what I will say is, Floyd Mayweather didn't knock anyone out. Barely in his in, for quite a long time. Floyd Mayweather classes himself as the greatest of all time. After two Charissa fights, David, Shields, he has more
2: than two knockouts, mate. After Charissa
1: 11 fights. Shields, Shields has had some tough, tough fights with people. People that have not lost any fights at all.
2: This so is Katie and Taylor. There's fought,
1: and has there's, and there's fought top quality opponents. Whereas I've got to be honest with you, I don't think um, Marshall. Has really fought anyone that tough and as much as i was a big marshall fan and say marshall win this i just don't know i think clarissa shields could outbox her worker i it's think just she could the out-box difference her, but... and it's the power will there be a thing but you do wonder whether clarissa shields has got much more um ring ability that she's took on some real tough opponents she's took on all the champions because of the situation that she had all the belts marshall's not really took anyone on of any and yeah that was a you know a, a kid as it were but she was still a wbc champion um and let's be honest sky sports the idea was her to have an easy fight just to get her name. Nice that's typical UK, sky sports to bias, it
2: isn't it i think um I, i'm very frustrated especially last night with the commentary on the main event. I was really disappointed with it. I, I was staggered. If you head over to the TTM Sports Show Twitter page for our listeners, you'll see my uh, my personal score code, uh, scorecard that I did, and you'll see how I scored each round, and I'm I'm just staggered by that. Um, but but anyway, moving onwards and upwards, back to that fight. I think if Savannah Marshall catches her, she beats her. She's, beat, she's the only person to beat her. Could it be mental? Could it be another Dillian White-Anthony Joshua situation where Dillian White was the man that beat AJ? AJ eventually loss in the professional ranks. Um, I believe there's a lot more that meets the eye to this fight. Um, I know for a fact that Savannah's the only one that's really got underneath Clarissa's skin. Um, she's. I think it's the biggest fight in women's boxing. I think the serrano Katie Taylor fight's an excellent fight, actually, may I add, but they're, they're the two fights. And, and, and look, women's boxing, in some ways, I think a lot of the men need to take take note of this. A lot of the promoters uh, are the same. A lot of the, the managers and the trainers need to understand and recognise that within the the women's boxing realms at the moment, the two biggest fights that could possibly be made within the women's game at the moment have been made. And we're still sat here waiting for a heavyweight um, ...undisputed fight, we're still waiting for a huge, huge welterweight fight with Kell Brook and Amir Khan... ...which has now been announced, but let's be honest, it's miles too late, we're still waiting for so much in the men's game... ...we're still waiting for uh, Lomachenko, we're still waiting for Devin Haney, we're still waiting for Gambosis Jr... ...we're still waiting for all of these guys to really mix it up... And the women at the moment, as far as I'm concerned, have gone, OK, well, look, men, this is how you do it. And to be fair, you know, the two biggest fights that could possibly be made within the women's boxing game have been made.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky situation. And um, I think the the fact is it's really easy to make an undisputed woman champion than it is a man because the men have, I don't know why, but the women have mandatory, I mean, the mm. last night's opponent was a mandatory for shields. Um, I don't know how, how they make these mandatories, but then if you think of the the guys, they've got like I don't know how this works, but like obviously, you've got Daniel DeBias, who's apparently possibly going to be the a mandatory for the heavyweight championship, even though he lost the fight before the last one to Joe Joyce. I don't really know how this works. Well, I think it's an Joe absolute Joyce, disgrace. Joe Joyce is obviously a mandatory, which I understand because he's mandatory for that because he beat Daniel Tobias. And that's, and it just, it's just, I mean, the money all as well, the the men's boxing is worth so much more. Like Carissa Shields, um, the, uh, the martial fight is going to happen. Uh, it's pretty much done and delivered. She signed a deal um, with Sky Sports worth a million.
2: Well, that's why they fights. met last night, isn't it? That's why you know and I know that when fighters meet like that, that's set up, let's be honest. For the casual fan watching last night, it's, oh, my God, Savannah Marshall's there tonight. Unbelievable. For those on the underground and in the know, like, you know and I know that, that that was prearranged. That's quite clear. They did it with, uh, they did it with Klitschko and Joshua. They did it with uh, they did it with Tony Bellew and they did it with Alexander Usyk. They did it throughout history, did it with Fury and Wilder. The seed was planted you know, I think in it was, MSG I think it was
1: a good thing for boxing as well because,
2: you know, you
1: are not gonna Katie Taylor and Serrano are not gonna really talk shit to each other where as last night I was like Marshall seeing her talk back to Shields was I was just absolutely loving it. I just thought it was brilliant. Yeah, it's the first and time Curissa Shields has
2: had someone stand up to her and say, No, you're not having it your own way. I'm here too. And I think uh, it was brilliant from a British as a British man, I hope she does the business. Um props to Clarissa Shields as a boxer. Outstanding. Um really, 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 really good boxer. As a finisher, bang average. Um that's my my take on that. What else have we got, David? Um what I will
1: say though on the just before we go on to the next thing. Mm. Um Clarissa Shields For a long time, we're saying that she would do this fight but for the right money. Eddie Hearn said, oh, I just don't know if I can offer the money. So what sort of money was he offering? Because from what I gather, Clarissa Clarissa Shields is getting 650 650 grand to fight um, Savannah Marshall, whereas Katie Taylor and Serrano are getting over a million. Yet this surely is just as big a fight. So maybe the value of boxing has just gone up or Sky Sports put the money where the mouth is. But this fight's just as big as Katie Taylor. Um, Even bigger, maybe, just to see these two, you know, really
2: magnetic personalities going. Well, David, I don't think we'll ever know, mate. I I just don't think we'll yeah, ever know.
1: But hopefully, we can maybe ask him if we can sort the interview
2: out. Well, we can. Um, we are trying to get that interview with, with Eddie Hearn to to the TTM Sports Show. We are getting that. We we will kick off uh, discussions in those channels again fairly soon. Christmas is out the way. We've got our first show well in the works now, David. Obviously, with with the Boxing Monthly coming back onto your show, but um, another fight is happening in February. Um,
1: and and a very long-awaited fight.
2: Mm too
1: long
2: uh, can can versus Khan versus brooke mm. can can do it, it? i know they got tickets to go to the actual event here's a funny story for you so for the listeners that don't know the, the listeners knew that i worked in retail um i decided to take my lunch break at midday for when those tickets went out on sale um i'd managed to secure two tickets at 75 pounds each to have really good seats they kept calling me to the till, and I was thinking, I'm on my break. I'm trying to secure these tickets. I'm going to the payment screen. And I thought, okay, I got a timer on there. I got 10 minutes. No problem. I went out, sorted what to sort on the till, come back in. Had about four minutes left. I could yes, yeah, straight through to my car details. Clicked it straight through to confirm. It said, uh, you know, I've lost my place in the queue, and uh, I couldn't believe it. Went back in again. They wanted over 400 pounds. I was like, you got to be joking. But, uh, I mean, I will buy it on pay-per-view. Of course I will. Um, I would have liked it to either have been on BT Sport or uh, DAZN Matchroom Show because the roster of fighters on the undercard, I believe, would have been much better than the boxer shows. Um, I think that's a fair comment. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, it is what it is. It's five years overdue, just like Mayweather Pacquiao, five years overdue. However... What is interesting about this one is both fighters seem to be at the same sort of stage of their career. I think Kel might have a little bit more in a tank, a little bit, whether he's built like that, I don't know. The two eye injuries will dictate how Kel, you know, what's his his appetite like for this as well. At the moment, it seems as if he wants to take this guy out. Uh, Amir Khan, you know, boxing since Sydney Olympic Games 2004. Um, you know, that that is now nearly, you know, sixteen, seventeen years ago. It's a long time. Well no, yeah, nearly twenty years ago, isn't it? So um it's a it's a real pick'em. You know, either Ame can completely outboxes Kell Brook, uh, to a points victory, or Kel Brook knocks him out. Surely David.
1: Yeah, I think it's the the, the, the championship fight that's not actually a championship fight because I think um, everybody wanted this fight for a long time, and I think they both wanted it for the money aspect of it, although they did turn down uh, a bigger offer from DAZN, apparently, because they wanted it to be Sky. Maybe that's because Sky's going to have a pay-per-view. and
2: exactly, DAZN, DAZN, DAZN would have took it Yeah,
1: But I think, I think everybody, their heart wants Kelbrook to win, but their mind thinks can Amir Khan, I think Kelbrook stops him.
2: I think he. Honestly, I think he stops him. I think Kel's in better shape. I think Khan looks overweight, and I think he has done for his last two or three fights.
1: Yeah, I think he's back with his trainer uh, Dominic. Uh,
2: Kelbrook right is. He's, yeah, I he's think... back with Ingle. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, a real big, big sign. Big. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, talking to when we spoke to Dave Coldwell, if you remember, on our last Boxing Monthly, he, we were talking about this fight as well, and obviously he'd mentioned that he's uh, you know back in Ingle Gym, back in those familiar. Uh, home comforts, as it were. These guys know Calbrook uh, better than he knows himself, probably, in the boxing ring. I mean, he, he did go with Shane McGuigan for a bit, didn't he? Where did Calbrook go? Who was his trainer last? I thought, I'm sure it was Shane McGuigan. I'll have a look while you have a, have a brief chat to the listeners about this fight.
1: Yeah, I just think it's a fight that everybody wants. And obviously, it's took a lot to get it to this point. And we all probably would have wanted this fight uh, a long time ago, but to have this fight now um, and it doesn't feel like it's too dated. I mean, people were saying it was, but I think they're both in great shape. Um, Amir Khan was started training well before um, the fight was announced. Kelbrook Brook spent the whole of Christmas, um, I can't remember where, but he's been running up mountains. He wants this fight so bad and wants to win at Kelbrook. This is this is probably a legacy fight. And I would love them. Kel to win because yes, he only did this and yes, he lost this, but for him to win this fight would be a really lovely end. David, I just career. don't think
2: he's been active enough. Um, and that, I think that's robbed him his whole career. He had that great night in America against Sean Porter. But well, let's not forget this was a Sean Porter at the time who was an animal in the ring. He was ripping everybody to pieces. He was knocking everybody clean out. Uh, remember when he took apart Paulie Malignaggi. Um But obviously, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it, it's a case of uh, Kell Brook. I think the Iron, I think the GGG fight did it. I, I just, ever since then he's just not looked quite right. He he had a trainer called John Fuchs. Uh, who he had, um, and he had that ahead of his fight with Michael Zerafa in December 2018. And he did have a stand-in trainer as well called Carlos Fomento, who we met on Instagram, and that's who shaped him up for his uh, Terence Crawford fight, who both these fighters have lost to convincingly. Uh, he's now back, obviously, with Dominic Ingle, the main man, who can hopefully deliver Cal Brook with a master plan. Um, so, obviously... Boxing monthly, uh, we've been on the go now, probably about half an hour into this show. I think it might be a bit of time to call, call this one end, or have you got anything else that you want to have uh, speak about?
1: Uh, we'll literally just quickly sum up the big one, mm, which I think is we need to. Uh, Fury, Fury White.
2: Well, White hasn't signed it, has he, and neither Fury. Fury? Uh, well, this is
1: the thing, apparently, obviously, from the various videos, um, they have till the 21st of February to sign it, and obviously um frank warren and uh, bob Aaron. they have to pay four uh, percent i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason
0: kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment
1: that is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal
1: on Spotify. Of um, it, of the purse. But it's, I did hear, there's been a lot of talk from Eddie Hearn that it's a bit of a con job that they can a bid in for 40 million and if your fighter's taking the big chunk then you've got to deal with a fighter that yeah it says we're going to give you 25 million for instance but we'll just give you 15 to bring down the the actual of what it is but as far as the wbc are concerned i don't know whether that's true or not i don't know if that's just eddie herr being bitter
2: I'll tell you what's mad, uh, David. I... Is eighty twenty? That's mad, in my opinion. I don't think that's. I don't think that. I think that's disrespectful to a man who's waited uh, thousands of days uh, and also been WBC interim champion. Twenty um, percent. Come on, mate. You
1: I know. do. I do. I do understand that, but then you'd have to hear the other point of it. that what other governing body pers- does eighty twenty? But it's the biggest. They're, they're going by the percentage of what he usually earns. This is apparently how it's done and he usually only earns about 200 to 300k a fight. Does he? So that is on the idea. Pardon? Is that all Liam White
2: earns per fight? I thought he earned at least a million or two. No, they reckon, obviously,
1: because of the... That's now, apparently, judging by his last purse, it was about, he was under, like, 300,000. Oh, and they judge by the last couple of purses. So, technically, he's earning the big time, whereas I, I thought the split would have been more technical, you know, because he is the interim...
2: I would have said Champion. 65 to Fury, maybe 70, um, but 80-20, but I, uh, I think that's condescending towards Dillian White personally. It's not Tyson Fury's fault, he doesn't make the rules, um, but then again, look, I think the way he's been treated by the WBC, has been nothing short of a debacle, you know, it's not good enough. Uh, I think Dillian White goes in there, I think it'd be a good fight, I expect Fury to win on points, Um and then obviously it's it's over to AJ and Usyk, and it depends what AJ turns up, isn't it? Really, you know, Usyk allowed boxing. We all knew that. Everybody in the boxing fraternity knows that. However, if AJ goes in there with the mindset I'm just going to knock this guy clean out and just goes for it, there's one or two options. You'll get chinned, or you will actually knock him out. But then what happens? Is there a rem- I don't think there will be a rematch clause for Usyk because this is the rematch, isn't it? So, um, interesting stuff. I, um...
1: I've got to be honest, I do think it's a complete, total disgrace on how long it takes. If I was Joshua, I know he's got a new trainer and he's got a new coach and they've not said nothing yet. But we're looking at potentially, they're they're on about, this will be May now because the Fury fight will be taken in April. Apparently the White fight is pretty much, it will happen. Apparently White is going to take it from what I'm hearing. Mm. um for about for like two different two different big people but the fact that we've got to wait till may now for anthony joshua versus Usyk, whereas you know i thought this would have been done but like like we would have a date now and then if we're possible we'll possibly get a unified uh shot like november if we're lucky but will they sign it
2: Well, we don't know. One thing that we do know is that we will be back uh, in a few weeks' time, uh, hopefully with a guest, back onto the the Boxing Monthly on the TTM Sports Show on the Sports Social Podcasting Network. Uh, David Hancock's channel uh, on YouTube is I Am Average Dave. We'll uh, include that in the link to underneath this podcast, which will be released within the next couple of days, which is uh, all well and good. Um, David, anything else from yourself at all?
1: No, that's it i hope everyone's had a great new year and um, virus free and hopefully we will have a nice year of boxing in some i mean we're already looking at some great fights so let's just hope it
2: carries on absolutely well david thank you very much for all your time uh and we'll see you again very very soon Hello, sports fans, and thank you for listening to the TTM
0: Sports Show. The sports podcast that's by the fans for the fans. Where you can guarantee explosive debate, trending topics, big interviews and guests, and regular uploads. Proudly sponsored by Prestige Paving and Patios and Anstis Grounds and Gardens. So strap yourself in for the latest episode of the TTM Sports Show.